0: Bible if you're going to turn to Psalms 81 and verse 10. 81 and verse 10. Praise God. Give you a chance to turn there. Psalms 81 verse 10. Okay. I trust we're all there. I am the Lord thy God which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. It brought you out of the land of bondage. How many glad that Jesus has brought you out of the land of bondage? You're no longer in the land of bondage. You've been freed when he brought you out. All right, let's look at something else here. It said, I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. I brought you out of bondage. If you'll open your mouth wide, I will fill it. We're going to title that this morning, The Rewards of a Fervent Prayer When One Prays Fervently. Open your mouth and do what? Open your mouth and what's going to happen? And I will fill your request. I will give you what you pray for. If you expect it, I will give it to you. So we won't expect something good every day of our life. God instructs us to ask great things. We're going to go through that a little bit this morning. It gives him glory when we ask great things and he answers it. And the world can see what kind of God that we have. We have a great God. And he wants us to ask what? Great things. Jabez asked for what? Great thing. And did, did he get it? So make up your mind this morning. I'm going to start asking for great things. Psalms 45, I mean Isaiah 45. And one says this. Ask of me the works of my hand. Command you me. So you got to ask And you have to command him. Then it says in Isaiah 62, 7, Give me no rest. Don't give him no rest. Stay after it all the time until you get it. How many know you'll get it if you stay after it? Don't go weary in well-doing, Brother Michael. You will get it. Okay? Okay? Then we find in Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, Call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you knoweth not. Great and mighty things, when you ask, it pleases God. The devil don't want you to ask for great things, but God commands us to do what? Ask for great and mighty things in our lives Open thy mouth wide and I will what? I will fill it If you'll just open your mouth I will fill it, he says I will fill it God is able to do abundantly above What we can imagine, think, or ask He has no limits And he wants to give us a lot more Than what we can even ask for Or what we can even think If we would just ask Ask what you will, the scripture says, and it shall be done unto you. Ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So when you ask, expect to receive the wonderful things of God he has in store for us. God is honored by when we ask great things. It honors him and lets him... Show how great He really is by what He can give to us. It brings great glory and honor to God when you ask great things, great and mighty things of God. For prayer to be effective, we must be persistent. Must be persistent. The Bible said continually, don't give Him no rest. Matthew 7, 1 and 8 says, ask and seek and knock. Asking is one level. Seeking is another level. Knocking is the highest level you can get in prayer. If you don't get it by asking, what are you going to start doing? Seeking. You got to turn it up a little bit. And then he said, and Jesus gives some examples of these, then you got to go to knocking and don't give him no rest. Our neighbor, God bless them, and they got some beautiful cows. I'm telling you, they're so beautiful. And the one the pens is sort of close to our place. And when he separates them calves to get them ready to go to the sale the next morning, what happens all night long? Somebody want to tell me? Oh, oh, mama crying for the baby and the baby crying for the mama. How much sleep do you get? That's what God is talking about. If you'll give me no rest, I will answer your prayers. About the time he's going to go to sleep, wake him up again. But the Bible said he does not slumber or sleep, but he wants you to keep after it. Keep after it. Keep after it. What posture should we be in when we pray? What position should we be in? The Bible gives seven examples we won't give you all the scriptures one of them is standing you pray standing another one is sitting how many of you ever pray sitting you remember brother Clyde trying to put that tar on that tractor that wheel on that tractor he couldn't get it on there and, and uh, he just sat back and and sat down and what did he say God, I can't do this. I need some help. And he said it looked like. He said it just looked like that thing jumped up on by itself. God is not interested in what position you're in. He's interested in what your heart is. It'd be something we just get in a certain position and get it. But it's your heart, what he's interested in. Kneeling, I'll give you the, all those scriptures, but I won't. How many of you believe you can pray lying on the bed? You can pray just as good lying on the bed as you can standing up. It's your heart. Enter in your closet, close your door, and pray to God who's in secret, and he'll hear your prayer. Never expect man. Jesus said, you give to someone and never expect what? No favors. Don't look for the man to turn the favor. Because they're going to disappoint you and you're going to live a life of disappointment. You expect God to return that blessing, maybe not from that individual, but it will return unto you. Is that right? It's going to come back to you. If you'll give and not expect to be blessed again, someone is going to bless you like you've never known before. But you're going to have to get your mouth open. How? How? In other words, he's saying, ask big, great, and mighty things, and I will fill it. Then you can pray bowing down, you can pray kneeling, and you can pray lying on the ground, and you can pray lifting up your hands. As long as you got your mouth what? Open. I've had people sometimes the time tell me, "Well, God knows what I need. If He wants me to have it, He'll give it to me." No, you got to ask. Is that right? You got to get your mouth open. You got to ask big things and see what He has got to say. Elijah, First Kings and 18th verse. I mean, First uh, Kings 18 verse 31. Elijah says to Ahab, "Get down off of this mountain." get down off of this mountain go eat and drink he said I'm going up the mountain and I'm going to pray and then he says before he leaves I hear what abundance of rain now, I want you to notice he's opening his mouth and he's speaking before the rain ever come the miracle will come when we open our mouths wide and expect God to do something He'd already got the word from God in chapter 18, I believe it's verse 1. I am going to send a rain after three years. I'm going to send a rain. I looked it up in the encyclopedia. I don't have none of these phones where I can look this stuff of the day. And about when the Dust Bowl was, it started in 1950 and went up to the 1960. And it's amazing what happened to America during that time, that Dust Bowl And here, can you imagine, not not even a dew was on the ground for three years. Three years. Elijah had the promise from God. How many know all of God's promises are what? Yes and amen. This book is full of the promises of God, and they're written for our example where we can claim and stand on them. What's the old song, I'm standing what? On the promises of God. He said, now get down, because I hear abundance of rain. I hear it. hadn't prayed yet. All the promises of God has to be prayed in. They didn't come naturally, and they're not just going to drift in like a good, easy east wind. I'm amazed at this wind we've been having lately. I'm amazed. I'm, it, it, I'm amazed at it. I believe God is telling us something in the wind, and I believe God is telling us something in all these massive fires we're having. So he goes up to the mountain, he gets down, he tells his servants and, "I want you to go look for the rain." I want you to know He's had the promise, Brother Michael, but he hadn't come yet. He said, "I want you to go look for the rain." He opens his mouth wide and begins to pray. If we're going to get what we want from God, I don't have to tell you anything of what kind of situation we're in today in this world. But if you got your eyes on that, I'm guarantee you you're going to have a lot of heartaches and disappointment. But when you turn your eyes off of that and on the scripture and on the word of God and believe it, He's blessing you daily with abundance of blessings. And you get down and ask God, Elijah's asking God, I've got a promise. I don't know who I can sing this morning or not, but I feel like singing this morning. I don't know who i got a pianist to play or not. But anyhow, i got a promise from God. How many you know you got a promise from God? And all these promises are yes and amen. Now, they're yours by claiming them. They're yours. Hallelujah. But you got to get your mouth open. And the runner come back and said, "I don't see nothing out there." He said, "Go again." I mean, you know he's got to keep going until you what. I remember Brother Rick Elliott preached a message one time about layman. You know, he got baptized and he looked at himself when he come up the first time. Nothing happened. Y'all remember that message? And nothing happened. He looked at his flesh, nothing happened. He goes back down again, and he comes up, and, and nothing happened. Nothing happened until he finished and completed what God had told him to do. We must be obedient, brother James Clayton, I think, mentioned or somebody did this morning. No, I believe it was Charles Swindoll. Peggy was watching him a little bit before I left this morning. You've got to be obedient. You must be obedient. I didn't hear all of his message. But he keeps going and telling him. And I want you to know something else about Elijah. He's opened his mouth wide amongst the drought, devastating time. You may be in some of the most devastating times in your life right now, but I want to encourage you to get your mouth open to the promises of God and don't give up until it manifests itself in your life. It will come. Open your mouth wide and I will what? I will what? I'll fill it. And then the rain came. He's praying the promises. Praying it in. Praying it in. He got so excited. I tell you, it wasn't no sprinkle, it was a flood from heaven. Huh? Glory to God. I said it wasn't no sprinkle. We don't need a sprinkle. We need a flood. You don't need a sprinkle. You need a flood from God. He said, I hear abundance of rain, and I'm saying it because I got a promise from God. It's going to rain after three years, and the three years is up, and I'm going to pray the thing in because it's time for it to happen he prayed earnestly James said he prayed earnestly a fervent prayer of a righteous man we are in our 21 days prayer fasting and he opened his mouth wide and when the man came back the seventh time Elijah said what did you see well I just saw a little old cloud Diane says I got little hands is that right and that's a little hand. So some of you guys got some big hands. I'm big hand. But that's a little hand. But he said, I see out there just a hand, about the a small hand. about It's just a little bitty hand. What did Elijah say? Oh, I'm telling you, he said, get down off his mountain. <laughs> the floods are coming. When you see the least, oh, glory to God, the least improvement in your life, you ought to stand up and shout hallelujah. I mean, you know, we all ought to be standing up and shouting hallelujah this morning. You're blessed before you ever got up this morning. You're blessed every day with abundance of God. Don't count your problems. Don't tell people about your problems. They can't help you. All that's going to do is just make it worse. Tell them how blessed you are. Huh? You know what some people tell me when I tell them that sometimes? but well, I ain't going to lie. If I don't feel it, I'm going that, That's the problem, church, we have. If we don't feel it, we're not going to say it. If we don't feel the anointing, we're not going to say we're anointed. We're not going to say it, and that's why we can't receive because we don't say what the Word of God says openly, out loud, among the gracious of temple of our lives and the devastating part of our lives. I'm going to say it. Elijah said, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Glory to God. He jumped up from there. It may not be just like, like, but I believe he just jumped up from there and pulled up his britchy legs. They didn't wear britches back then. They just wore a gown. He tucked his gown in, you know, and if it gets hung on boot, Brother James will come up here and get it down, but it aggravates Peggy. (laughs) Some of my shoes, my well, we won't go there. But anyhow. I believe he got their pants hooked up girded up, and got ready. I want you to remember Ahab done started down the mountain, but he done overtook him because he knew there was a coming an abundance of rain. How many of you ready to run down the mountain and believe God that he's going to give abundance in your life when you open your mouth wide? Listen, Brother Sam, step back up with his hand up. I believe they said you had a broke spine, didn't you? Had a broke spine, but I want you to know that God is on the scene of your life. He's a miracle in your life. Wherever the devastation is, wherever the problem is, he's right there ready to give you your miracle if you open your mouth wide and begin to speak what God said. We can learn a lot from the world. We can learn a lot from these people marching and burning and things. They're not ashamed. They're out there marching and shouting what they believe in. We ought to start shouting what we believe in. I believe my God is alive. He's able to do what he said he could do. I believe he will do what he said he will do because I have proven it be true. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Have y'all noticed what's sort of happening here in the church? Brother Sam gets a broke back when we're starting this fasting. Brother Don's getting a messed up eye, I can't be here, and I won't go about somebody else the other day because somebody prayed and glory to God. I'm out of breath. Amen. I guess I want to start exercising more. Amen. The throne of grace. The Bible tells us to come in Hebrews. Come to the throne of grace boldly in the time of need. We hired this person one time and they wanted to go downtown during the daytime and buy groceries. I said, we can't do that. They looked me right in the eye and said, I've done it where I come from. I said, you may have, but you're not going to do it here you got to be bold. you got to be bold about what you want from God and speak it out loud and get your mouth open and speak what you want to have from God. He's able to do abundantly above what we can ask or what we can even imagine. In the worst of condition, the worst of condition, the miracle was right there ready to be delivered when Elijah got his mouth open. As soon as he got that mouth open, Sister Pat, God couldn't stand it no more. (laughs) He said, Oh, well, I just tearing up my heart. (laughs) He said, I got to open the floodgate from heaven. He said, I got to pour out a blessing on you. Amen. That you never felt before. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The king told Paul, said, Paul, much learning made you mad, man. your, Your religion has made you mad. Some people call, y'all, y'all just getting too radical. Paul, you just getting too radical. He held up them little old hands and <laughs> chains on his hand. He said, oh, I said, I'm not mad. I'm just zealous for God. How many of God wants you to be zealous for him and let the world know how zealous you are for him? Amen. going to open my mouth. I'm going to speak what God says. Elisha got what he wanted because he spoke it. He spoke it out loud. God is interested in giving you an increase. If you read this Bible from the book through, you'll find out how much God wants to increase you. He increased Isaac a hundredfold in one year. Scholars say that's impossible. No crop can produce a hundredfold the first year. How I many you know you're serving an impossible God? <laughs> he knows no limits. <laughs> he says, what I have is yours. He said in the draft, Ooh, glory to God. Maybe you're going through a draft season, but I want you to know if you will sow a seed, hear the voice of God and sow a seed and begin to open your mouth in your draft season, he's going to open the floodgates of heaven and going to give you a harvest like you've never seen and witnessed before in your life. Because he's God. And he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. Glory to God. Deuteronomy 1.11, what does it say? What does it say, Diane? What? God wants to give you a thousand percent fold increase over than your ancestors. That he's hungry to pour himself out and to bless us. Then it goes on to say, Elisha asked for a double portion. Elijah said, "You done got asked some difficult things. I think your King James says hard things, but you're asking a difficult thing. But the Bible says Is anything too hard for God." You can't ask anything too hard for him. It does don't, don't bother him. He just loves somebody to ask him hard thing. He gets so excited he wants to exercise his authority. Before this day's over, with we're gonna ask God for some hard thing. What did He give Jacob, Job, after after one year of his trial? What? God wants to double your. What your request is, he wants to double it today, amen. In your worst condition, I tell you what: if you got 18 inches worms in your body and you pulling them out for one year, you ain't got no problems if you compare yours with him. That's devastating, right? He said, though he slay me, I'm not going to cast him aside. I remember something Sister Linda said long long time ago. It's always about his wife, you know, said, Why don't you curse God and die? She saw him such a devastating thing. But Sister Linda said, We got to try to remember her feelings. That stuck in my heart. How she must have felt watching him all that time, suffering. But she stayed, who glory with God, she stayed with him. At the end of that trial she gave him the number of children that he lost is not God good? When's he good? Now, now do you believe that in your devastating critical time is he still good? Can you still lift your voice and say God is still good? God is still my champion. Though he slay me, I'm gonna trust him. Though I don't feel like he's hearing me, I'm gonna trust him. I'm gonna believe in him. I believe his word is infallible. He's gonna do what he said he was going to do. Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you, Sister Linda. Thank you. Praise God. David's wife said, you just acted like a fool today and before all of us and, and me, the queen, and, and all of that. He said, I'll do worse than that tomorrow. He said, your father sat on the throne, but God took me from following the sheep. He sued me all these years and tried to kill me, and God wouldn't let him kill me. I act like a fool every day because what God has done for me, He delivered me from the hand of the things of zeal. He set me free. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You ought to jump up and shout, just thanking God for what He has kept you from, and you didn't know it. Huh? Come on. You ought to get up and shout hallelujah cuz you don't know what God has kept you from and what God has blessed you with. Hallelujah. Don't take it granted no more. David was in this cave. And Saul's men went in there looking for him. And God had a spider to close up that cave door. And they said, surely he's not in there. I want you to know God has kept you from a lot of things you do not never know until you get to the day of the judgment. That's why you ought to shout every day. Shout every day you don't know what God has kept you from. The list is endless what God has kept people from. The blessings of God. The blessings of God. God is always present. Your miracle's right here today. It's right here in this building. God is present in the time of need. When you need Him, He is present. He is present. Benadad, in the Book of Kings, had the city closed up so tight, so tight. Nobody could go in and nobody could come out. Eating one another's children. Eating dove dung. I don't know where you know you or not, but I'm telling you, that, that'd be pretty bad. Huh? That'd be pretty bad. Some of you looking around. I want you to see how devastating this was. That couldn't nobody go in and there couldn't nobody come out. But Elisha, whoo, he gave a prophecy. Where did he get this prophecy? From God, from the word of God. God had promised him, said, I'm going to give you a double portion of what Elijah had. He looks around and he said, I know I'm not going to die. Because all my promises haven't been fulfilled yet. I know I'm not going to die. Oh, hallelujah. How many you know that you should not die before your time? I mean, no, you can elevate your time. You can fast forward your time. But you ought to say, I'm not going to die before my time. Oh, hallelujah. Sister Soon and I have been saying sometime together, we're going to our grave in a good old age and full of good health. You may have a little detours, but thank God, God going to get you back on that. Abraham had a lot of detours. He had a lot of messing up. But I tell you, God was with him. When God is with you and when you mess up, he's going to get you right back on the treadmill that he got you for for your destiny. Amen. Elijah knew who, Elijah knew he wasn't going to die. He could have said, listen, I hadn't seen all the miracles he promised me. There's still something to be done. Said I, I, He could have said, I'm not going to die. You've got to learn to speak the promises of God and open your mouth wide in the midst of your devastation problem. Not cry and whine and go on. And don't call your friend. Don't put on the Facebook how bad things are. Put on there. If you're going to put anything on there, tell how good God is. Amen. Tell how good God is. Rhonda A. Hey, has got a lot of, maybe not a lot, but literature in her office back there. Then people come up here every Tuesday that we help, she's going to give them that literature about the goodness of God and the blessings of God. He said, well, about this time tomorrow, he tells about all kinds of foods going to be out there. I want you to notice what he said. He said, it's going to be at the gate. He said, it's going to be at the gate. Let me put it another way. It's going to be more than enough at the gate this time tomorrow. One of the king's chief staff members said, it can't happen even if God was to open the floodgates of heaven. It can't happen. Elijah said, you'll see it, (laughs) but you won't get to eat of it. A lot of people, I don't want to just hear about miracles. I want to see something happen. I'm glad for all of those, but I want to see something happen. He said, this time tomorrow, you'll see it. A lot of people are seeing some wonderful things of God, but they're not being able to eat of it. They're not being able to consume it. They're hearing it, and they're not consuming it. But he said, this time tomorrow, what happened that time tomorrow at the gate? Somebody tell me what happened at the gate. Oh, there was more food than they knew what to do with. There was clothes that didn't know more what to do with Because one man stood up and opened his mouth wide in the midst of the crisis and spoke out what the promises of God was. And it not only blessed this one man, it blessed that whole city was fixing to be shut off. Because one man, one individual opened the mouth. One woman opened her mouth on the promises of God and cried the promises of God and opened your mouth wide. Well, I don't know what they'll think about it. What's he going to think about him? How many times I've been told this through the years? God told me to get up and say something, or give a prophecy. But I said, let them sing that song one more time and I'll do it. One more time and I'll do it. And they sang it one more time. He said, well, just do it one more time. You shall not quench the Spirit of God and get your promises. You've got to speak it, what God has said. You can't be ashamed. You've got to be open about it, what God is doing excuse me, in our lives. What did Jesus promise in John 14 and 12? Greater works. He promised us greater works. Paul was shipwrecked. Violent wind, he said. Couldn't control the ship no more. Lost control. Maybe you're here today, and a violent wind been blowing in your life, and you've lost control. You, you've totally lost control. But I want you to know, there's the Word of God for you today. In the midst of your worst storm, when you have lost control, he has not. And he's with you. Elisha said, at the gate, it was at the gate that Peter told the lame man, get up and walk. I want you to know your miracle is already right in here right now at the gate. He's just waiting for a mouth to be opened wide. He's just just waiting to fulfill it, what he wants to do. And Paul said, "All hope was gone that any of us would be saved." But he had three prophecies, One from I mean, from the Lord Jesus Christ, read in your Bible, in Acts. Paul, don't be afraid. Can I say, don't be afraid? He said, don't be afraid. You witnessed for me in Jerusalem and you're going to Rome to witness for me in Rome. If that ship went down, Paul would never get to fulfill the prophets that were fulfilled in his life. I mean, you know that God is standing behind you in your worst storm in your life to fulfill his spoken word in your life. And then Paul spoke, says, he's told me all of us is going to be saved. He spoke it out loud. It opened his mouth. Your miracle is right where you are. It's right there in your house. It's right here this morning. Their miracle is right there with them. He said, an angel of the Lord has stood beside me. God wants to confirm to you many times, many times, don't be afraid. I'm with you. Your miracle is right here. But Paul had to open his mouth and he had to tell him, we're not going down. How many believers you're not going down? You're going to rise up. Amen.